Welcome back to the Raise the Apple podcast. We have lots and lots to talk about today in Metland and in the MLB world. Let's dive right into it. First off, welcome back. Uh, as a short turnaround this week, we had uh, we had some news in Metsland with Steve Cohen and Marcus Stroman. We have some updates and news and rumors regarding Noah Syndergaard and Ahmed Rosario. In terms of MLB, we have our award finalist or award winners per se, yeah, award winners were announced. Tony Larusa and the White Sox drama going on in the South Side. Some good news to counter that with Trey Mancini and ended off with Kim Ng making history in North American sports. Now, first of all, we're going to start in Metland as always. Steve Cohen is officially the owner of the New York Mets. Him and Sandy Alderson had their introductory press conference on uh, Tuesday. I listened to about the last like 40 minutes of it. I tuned in late to it. And from listening to it, I really like Steve Cohen. Uh, I like his approach, and I also love him on Twitter. If you guys don't follow him on Twitter, he he's interacting with fans. You know, one of his tweets was like, Mets fans, how can we make your experience better at the ballpark? And he, all these people are listing suggestions, and he's replying to them. You know, how many, I guess for lack of a better term, celebrities or like high-ups people in whether it's sports or Hollywood or wherever, take the time and do something like that. That's awesome. Uh, He's got a great presence on Twitter. He's already beloved by fans. He hasn't even done anything yet. So I'm really excited to see what he brings to Queens. I know he talked about a lot of uh, free agent possibilities. Uh, Sandy Allerson uh, spoke very highly of Trevor Bauer, who's probably the top, him or JT Rio Muto, Probably the top free agents on the market uh, this offseason. Trevor Bauer really liked, really appreciated the comments of Sandy. Good sign. Uh, Maybe the Mets can uh, snag in Trevor Bauer, which I would love. He would be a perfect addition to the Mets rotation. You know who else is a perfect addition to the Mets rotation? Marcus Stroman. Marcus Stroman, surprising a lot of people accepted the Mets' qualifying offer of $18.9 million. He will be back in Queens in 2021. That is huge for the Mets. He speaks very highly of playing in Queens, very highly of Mets fans. Now things are looking very, very good for the Mets. Right now their rotation is DeGrom, Stroman, uh, Syndergaard potentially returning. We'll talk about him in a moment, but Syndergaard probably... May or June-ish, he'll return from Tommy John. So, But until then, you'll have DeGrom, uh, Stroman, David Peterson will probably be in there. Uh, maybe Seth Lugo, maybe Steven Matz gets back in there. A lot of possibilities uh, for the rotation for the Mets. Uh, Rick Porcello and Michael Waka most likely won't be back with the team. But, I mean, I wouldn't be opposed if they kept them for starting pitching depth or for bullpen help or whatever the case may be, but uh, it doesn't look very good for really either of them in terms of being in the rotation in 2021. But I am super, super pumped about Stroman. He's one of my personal favorite players uh, in all of baseball, and it was just a bonus that now he's on the Mets. But for him to stay, I thought the biggest priority for the Mets this offseason was to keep Marcus Stroman. 
you know, if they did nothing else but kept Marcus Stroman, I would be I would be happy with that. Now, a lot of Mets fans probably don't like hearing that, but I what he brings, and it's also probably why I may not be a good GM. I have a lot of personal feelings towards players. You know, in baseball, you kind of have to put those feelings aside. We'll talk more about that with Rosario. But I'm super pumped that Stroman's back as a huge help to rotation. And I hope that the Mets can work out a deal to keep him there for a long time. And I think after the way they, I think they can perform in 2021, no doubt I think Stroman will be enticed to stay. Uh, and then also in the starting picture realm, Noah Syndergaard was throwing, posted a uh, video on Twitter and Instagram of him throwing off a mound. First time he's thrown off a mound since his Tommy John surgery. Looks like everything's going great. You know, he looks great, and our, um, his pitching, you know, still getting himself back into pitching, but that's a great sign. Uh, I have him back late May, early June. It could very well be sooner than that. Uh, probably won't, though. You don't want to rush him. But, you know, a lot of upside with Noah Syndergaard. A lot of great potential there, and he's got a lot of motivation to come back. If you see him on Twitter, he's also him and Stroman. I've reached out to Cohen. They're super pumped that he owns the team now. You know, Syndergaard tweeted a gif of a guy running through a brick wall. You know, so he's pumped. Every These guys are ready to get after in 2021. I'm per, I'm also super excited to see if Syndergaard can come back. Imagine that three-headed monster in best-of-five series in the playoffs. Imagine that. You got Jacob deGrom, Noah Syndergaard, Marcus Stroman in a best-of-five series in the postseason oh I like that a lot I like that I don't know if I like it better than you know Scherzer Strasburg Corbin that the Nationals had in 2019 but I think it's very very close second but uh, uh that is super uh super exciting to see uh last little bit of Mets news for today is Ahmed Rosario and the potential rumors with Francisco Lindor coming to the Mets a lot of reports are showing that the Mets are one of the top candidates to land Lindor. We talked about it last time, what it would cost the Mets to get Lindor. If the Mets were to trade for Francisco Lindor, 150%, either Ahmed Rosario or Andres Jimenez is going to Cleveland. There's no way I see that deal getting done without one of those two being in that trade. If somehow the Mets could pull it off, you know, maybe have Lindor play third or second and move move Jimenez or Rosario around, maybe Cano's in the trade, I don't know. But, like, if they could somehow have an infield of Lindor, Jimenez, Rosario, and Alonzo, I would be ecstatic with that. But I do not see a, a possible way that they can get any Francisco Lindor to Queens without one of those two in that trade. Now, with that being said, on Twitter, there was a lot of speculation with uh, Rosario uh, deleting all the pictures of him wearing Mets stuff on his Instagram, and then there he went live with a friend of his. They were speaking Spanish the whole time, so no, uh, not many people understood what they were saying, but one word that came through that everyone understood was Cleveland, and it wasn't Ahmed saying that. It was uh, the friend of his that he was talking to said Cleveland. And they were laughing and joking around. People are saying, oh, they're making fun of something or whatever the case may be. 
but I, I, I personally don't know if I like Rosario being traded. I have a feeling if the Mets are going to trade for Francisco Lindor, I'd rather personally have, I guess, Jimenez go in that trade rather than Rosario. Now, I'm probably going to get a lot of, well, no, no, then you're going to have another Jared Kalenic situation. But I just see so much upside with Ahmed, and he's already starting to establish, and he's already began to establish himself. Jimenez could very well do the same thing. But, you know, right now, I don't know. That's a very tough trade. Like, the personal bias in me doesn't want Lindor. I would love Lindor to be on the Mets. But I also don't want to see Rosario or Jimenez go. You know, you grow, like, an attachment with players like Wilmer Flores. Everyone loved Wilmer Flores, especially after that night back in 2015. And then you look at uh, when the Mets traded for Jay Bruce in 2016? I want to say 2016 when they traded for Jay Bruce. And then you ha- because you had Nimmo potentially going in that trade. And everyone was uptight. They're like, no, how could you trade Nimmo? How could you not find anyone else to put in that deal? How did it end up being Nimmo? And then it ended up being Dilson Herrera. The trade, it was, Nimmo's name was taken out. Dilson Herrera was put in. I feel like Mets fans are going to be the same way. They're going to be like, yeah, we got Lindor. We're pumped. But losing Rosario and or Andre Jimenez, that would suck. You know, from a fan perspective, not from a fan perspective, that would that would suck to see. I mean, I mad meant a lot to this team. He he's homegrown all the way through. Super stoked. Uh, next up and coming for the Mets, him and Dom coming up through the system together. I'd hate to see him go. But if it means Francisco Lindor comes to the Mets, I guess I could learn to be okay with that. Uh, it almost makes me not want Lindor just because I want I want Rosario to stay as a Met. He's one of my personal favorites. But at the end of the day, you are talking about Francisco Lindor. He's going to have a very high asking price. And the Mets' minor league depth isn't necessarily the best right now because of other trades they've made. You know, when they traded for Cano and Diaz and gave up Kalenic and Justin Dunn, uh, when they gave Jordan Humphreys to the Giants for uh, um, Billy Hamilton, you know, there's not as much in the minor leagues, so you're definitely probably going to have to trade some major league talent, or at least some major league talent in that trade. J.D. Davis's name has been brought up. I personally don't like that either because I've been a fan. I've been in on J.D. Davis since the day the Mets got him. Since the day Brody made that trade, I said, J.D. Davis is going to be a stud. And sure enough, you know, he's not MVP stud, but, you know, he's been great for the Mets. And I personally would hate to see any of these guys get traded to Cleveland for Lindor, but obviously uh, with such a high asking price, there's no doubt that major league major league guys are going back in that trade. So it's definitely interesting to see uh, what ends up happening with that. But that's about it from Mets land. We're going to transition to MLB recap. The awards, I think I was pretty much 100% on the results, which I kind of impressed myself a little bit. Uh, rookie of the year was Kyle Lewis and Devin Williams. Manager of the year was Kevin Cash and Don Mattingly. Cy Youngs were Trevor Bauer, 
and oh my goodness why can't I remember the AL oh yeah because it was Shane Bieber duh Shane Bieber unanimous AL uh, Cy Young Award winner and then the MVPs were Jose Abreu and Freddie Freeman you couldn't they got every single one of those picks right I was a little shocked at the Cy Young that DeGrom finished third you know I would have loved for DeGrom to get a three-peat but I kind of knew that that's Bowers that was Bowers that was Bowers award he deserved it 100% but then I saw the final voting and Darvish out and Darvish finished clear second and DeGrom was a clear third I was very shocked that DeGrom finished third I personally thought it was between Bauer and DeGrom. I thought Darvish was kind of the odd man out of those three, but it turns out it didn't really pan out that way. But congrats to all those guys who won. Gets me super excited as a baseball fan to see uh, some new faces winning there. It's also weird seeing an AL MVP named not named Mike Trout. That was a little weird. But uh you know, to have, you know, Shane Bieber be unanimous. Freddie Freeman was two votes shy of being unanimous for NL MVP. A uh, guy like Don Mattingly with the Marlins being manager of the year. It was super awesome to see all that. The next bit of drama is on the south side of Chicago. Yeah, this is not a good look. Tony LaRussa was arrested earlier this year for a DUI. It's just coming to light now. Before it came... It's just coming to light now. The team said this had no impact on their decision to hire them or to hire him or not hire him. And really, it's just a PR nightmare. And also, I guess there's a lot more to it. I didn't realize how much controversy there was around this Tony LaRusa signing. I really didn't because you have players that are like Marcus Stroman, who's very vocal on Twitter, saying no amount of money will get him to play for Tony LaRusa. So I'm wondering, what else has gone... It might just be because I'm a younger person. You know, I'm 20 years old, so I haven't seen a lot of Tony LaRusa. I saw the tail end of him with the Cardinals. But I just... I There's a lot that I'm missing, apparently. Because this is... If you're not going to play for a guy for no amount of money, there's a lot more to it than just a DUI. So I don't know what that is. I know there's rumors about him being too old school of... Uh, potentially uh, racist stuff because of the generation he grew up in and all this kind of stuff. I don't know any of that, so I can't really speak on that because I don't have the story on that. But this is just a bottom line PR nightmare for the White Sox. You hire this guy, he looks to be the firm leader you need in that clubhouse to take the White Sox to that next level. And then this comes to light. And then to top the cherry on top, you got the the records of him telling the cops, saying, I'm a Hall of Famer. Do you know who I am? I'm a Hall of Famer brother. Like, ugh, that's worse than Aaron Judge. Aaron Judge's girlfriend telling the cops, you know who my boyfriend is. And, like, I don't know. That's just a no-go. You can't use that as an excuse. If you break the law like that, you you broke the law. You're, you know, just because you pull the I'm a Hall of Famer card, they're not necess- that doesn't mean give you a free pass. You still broke the law. Um, that it's a tough, it's an awful situation. Again, I can't speak much on it because I don't know the history of Tony Larusa as well as some of these other people do. You know, as some of these older uh, guys in sport in ba- in the baseball media world, the bar stools, the Jeff Passons, Ken Rosenthal's, all those guys, and as well as athletes that have played for him 
or current athletes like Strowman, who have spoken, who have been very vocal about him. I can't, I personally can't say much on that, just because I, I don't really know the full story with Lurus. I don't understand. Not that I don't understand. I wasn't around when all this stuff came, became big. Perhaps so. There's not really much I can say on that. But it is awful for the White Sox. That's definitely going to be a huge distraction at the start of the year. But if the White Sox keep winning, it'll blow over blow over very, very quickly. You know, it'll blow over very fast if they keep winning. That's just the way the sports world works sometimes. But on the flip side, from a positive standpoint, a uh, quick little thing, Trey Mancini of the Baltimore Orioles. He's missed 2020. He was diagnosed back in April with stage 3 colon cancer. Had to undergo chemotherapy for 6 months. He announced earlier this week that there was no uh, tumor found in his blood work, which is great. That means he's cancer free. He said he will fully be he expects to be ready to go for spring training for the Orioles in 2021. That is Super, super awesome to hear. So happy for Trey and his family to get through that and still be able to, and for him to say, you know, I will be back. That's super awesome to hear. I wish nothing but the best for him. He's one of my favorites. Uh, my younger brother's an Orioles fan. I know Mancini's one of his favorites. He's super excited he's back. So having him back is just not only a good, great thing for the Orioles, he's their best offensive threat but great thing for baseball you know you love the story the comeback stories like that you know the Chad Battises and the Jamison Tyones all those guys that go through and remind you they are human too you know they're not they go through the same stuff as non-professional athletes do so to have him come back from that it's awesome it's awesome you know I can't wait to see what he does in 2021 hopefully he doesn't get snubbed from an all-star game like he did in 2019 but that's a story for another day so congrats to Trey on being cancer free I wish nothing but the best for him in 2021 the last little bit today was not just baseball history but North American sports history uh, earlier this today I'm recording this on Friday but it'll be up this weekend earlier today Kim Ng was announced the new general manager of the Miami Marlins. She's the first female in the history of North American sports to be a GM of a team. You know, at first I thought it was just baseball, and I looked a little more into it and saw, oh, she's also the first in the history of North American sports, which is amazing from that standpoint. Uh, her na- last name is pronounced Ng. I know that sounds weird for me to be bringing up, but there was a lot of people on social media saying, uh, you know, I'm super excited for this, but I don't know how to say her last name the way I think her last name is said. I don't want to say out loud. And I can understand, you know, if you get what I'm saying. I was the same way when I first saw her name. The way I thought it was pronounced, uh, I probably was like, I can't say that because that's going to get me in trouble. But I watched Fuzzy on YouTube. Shout out to Fuzzy on YouTube. If you guys don't know who he is, check him out. Uh, But I watched his video on it. And he said her name, how to pronounce it. The way he put it was running and take away the run and put Kim. So Kim Ng. So that's the way Fuzzy did it. So I thank him a million times 
for clearing that up because I definitely did not want to, I don't want to say anyone's name wrong, but especially I don't want to say a name wrong and that could end up getting me in trouble. So uh, again, Kim Ng, first female general manager in the history of sports. And there's also people, uh, some people were like, oh, this is great. This is awesome. And then there's some people that are like, well, did they hire her just because she's female or like, is she even qualified? She definitely is qualified. Uh, she's been in Major League Baseball since 1990. She came up as a intern with the White Sox in 1990. Then the following season, she earned her fir- first full-time position with the team. She then went on to be the assistant GM for Brian Cashman and the Yankees. She then went to be the vice president and GM for the Dodgers. And then in tw- from 2011 until now, She's been working in the MLB commissioner's office. So there's she's definitely been around a long time. She's definitely 100% worthy of being a GM of a sports team. She's tried being a GM before, but obviously that uh, never happened. But with the team she's been a part with, she's been a part of teams that have been to eight postseasons. She's got three World Series rings. Definitely one of the uh, highly recognized women in baseball in terms of front office personnel. I'm super excited to see what she can do with the Marlins. They gave a lot of optimism to their fans after uh, making the playoffs this year for the first time in a long time. So it's things are turning around very quickly in Miami. So the other the Braves, Marlins, Braves, Phillies, Nats and Mets better look out cuz things are turning around for the Marlins and they might be quicker than you think. I mean, I'm not saying within the next, like, two years, but down the line, they're they're coming. But there is a lot to talk about today. I know I went through a lot of that kind of fast, but that's pretty much going to wrap it up for this episode of the Raise the Apple podcast. Uh, next episode will be next week. Hopefully, we get some more MLB news. Uh, hopefully, we get some hot stove action with some free agent signings or trades or whatever the case may be. I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to see where uh, Real Muto, Springer, Lindor, Bauer, all those guys, where they end up. It should be an exciting winter this year. And before you know it, it's going to be spring and we'll have baseball back. So like I said, that's going to wrap it up for this episode. Make sure you like, comment, share, and subscribe. Hit that subscribe button. Make sure you're following us on Twitter at RTA underscore pod. Uh, If you have any questions, leave them down below. I will answer every single one of them to the best that I can. And yeah, that's pretty much it for this episode. We talked about a lot today going on in Mets land. Talked a lot going on in the general Major League Baseball world. And hope you enjoyed it. Thank you for tuning in, and let's go Mets.